Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode entitled Funding Opportunities, African-American Children for Sale. I know that this is a very touching subject matter for a lot of people, but the fact of the matter is, according to the FBI report, 60% of young girls in America that are arrested under the age of 18 for prostitution or African-American. And it's been a topic that a lot of us on the front line or in the field, if you will, have taken the opportunity to discuss. But it's been one that others have profited from financially. And for those of you who do know the work that we do through the African-American Juvenile Justice Project, you will know that notwithstanding that, that I've been on the front line pertaining to the trafficking of our children engaged in prostitution since 2001 which my first recovery was made in Atlanta in 2001 of a young lady, and we continued thereafter under the auspice of Sherry Jefferson, African-American Juvenile Justice Project, et cetera. For some unknown reason, 2015 became the year where everyone wanted to have the conversation about trafficking. I know in Atlanta that our former mayor, Shirley Franklin had been very active in addressing the matter in 2005 during her two terms. And we do know that the current mayor of Atlanta, when he was a legislature, was very active in trying to present legislation to the Georgia General Assembly. But on a national level, there has been an interest in the 2015 year as it pertains to human trafficking and the sexual exploitation of children. And I don't know if it's because of a new election term of 2016, but then that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because one would have thought that it would have been a topic of discussion during the 2008 election or the 2012. That being said, what I have been able to research and document is of concern to me, and that's the funding opportunities that interfere with bringing resolution and resolving other problems and concerns associated with the exploitation of children, particularly as it pertains to African Americans. And so for today's episode, we're going to be discussing children for sale, the cost of silence, the cost of politics, funding opportunities, and then this new trend, human trafficking courts. We'll be back. Allow me to start by discussing African-American children for sale. I've been the first to clearly acknowledge that the pimping or trafficking of most of our children has been done by African-American men. We recognize that the pornography industry and the Johns are white men. We've been very vocal in addressing that, so there's been no hidden agenda. We have gone forward to ask the Minister Louis Barkon as well as the organizers the gathering of justice, et cetera, uh, to go forward and make an announcement at the Million Man March anniversary on October 10th so that they would be able to call out those men or women who are accountable and or responsible for the trafficking of our children. And he did just that. And I think it's important that if we're going to ask someone to do something publicly, that I publicly acknowledge that it was done. Were there other organizations who presented him with those concerns? I don't know. But I thank him, Brother Jesse, 
I thank Carmen Perez and Tamika Mallory for being able to take the information presented and have him presented in a way that while some people were offended by it, I thought it was as, as bold as a denouncement of that anyone could make in this generation to what is definitely a form of modern slave slavery. And so his denouncement of it was was recorded. It's been documented. Uh, people are offended by it. I'm not. Uh, I think it's important that we take a hard line approach to it. I don't believe for a second that he literally meant death, mean the physical death, but to denounce it in such a way where he wanted people to understand this is his stance concerning the trafficking of women and girls by black men. African-American children for sale. How much are our children going for? Let me break it down for you. It's easy for us to be able to articulate that these girls are given oral and engaging in anal sex for $20, 50 and $100. Nobody wants to really hear the conversation. We want to paint the picture that child sexual exploitation could basically be remedied with a blue ribbon. No. And a few conversations, no. And a few training sessions, no. People really need to be able to visualize what is happening to these young men and women, these children and these little boys and girls. They need to visualize it. They need to understand that these children are being raped, sodomized, some of them as young as 11 and 12 years of age, by grown men who are very sexually active in their own private lives. Many of these girls are being the victims of anal and oral sodomy. Many of them are being forced to have sex from early in the morning till late in the evening. And some of them, if they're lucky, they may get a Big Mac or a Burger King meal. They see no profit. The price of African-American children in America. The price of $50 to be victimized for an hour at a time. The price of $50 house parties where once you pay a door rate, a man could have sex with you as many times as he wants during the time that he's there. The price, the cost associated with putting African-American children up for sale. The arrest of these children as prostitutes, criminalizing their acts and their behaviors, that are the result of being victims of sexual exploitation, the cost associated with them when they're no longer able to function in a classroom, because contrary to what most people believe, the majority of young African-American females that are victims of sexual exploitation are not on the streets and they're not in hotel rooms. They go to school every single day where the Johns are picking them up and returning them back or the pimp picks them up and returns them back, or they're being in individual residencies. The price to having to drop out of school, the price associated with needing drugs and alcohol to sustain yourself, the price associated with suffering from mental illness, associated with sexually transmitted disease and or in pregnancy, being impregnated and pregnancies, the price associated with abortions, the price 
African-American children for sale. Everybody is making money off of these girls. The drug dealers, low-level dealers, the pimps, the abortion clinics, because they're not able to use Medicaid or peach care to fund their abortions. It's an out-of-pocket expense because you're not going to try to explain to these particular agencies that this child is being trafficked, a victim of sexual exploitation. But the cost associated with silence, that in 15 years, while we now want to give labels to this, we've lost an entire generation of young black girls to all of the variables I've just explained, drugs, alcoholism, mental health, suicide, children born out of wedlock, girls now living in poverty, girls still on the street because they can't get jobs, because they either had to drop out of school or they have a criminal record because they were arrested for prostitution or because of the stigma associated with the criminal record, notwithstanding the offense, or because of shame associated with knowing that even where you have a ban the box nationwide, and for all those who do and who don't, I know Georgia does and a few other states now have enacted a ban the box, but the reality is your employer has the right to pull a background on you anyway. So knowing that, there are many who are not even trying anymore. There are some who are applying and were anxiously applying for employment who just say, Ms. Sherry, I don't even try anymore because of the stigma of having to explain that they were arrested and what they were arrested for, how you have two pieces of legislation in 2000 and 2015 on a federal level, how you have House Bill 244 on a state level in Georgia and in Massachusetts and in New York and in Vermont and Connecticut, New Orleans and Ohio, and no one thinks about decriminalizing. Nobody thinks about deletion. It's not enough to simply say we're going to vacate convictions because I still have to report that I was arrested. That's being treated like a first-time offender. What we're trying to say is the price that is associated with already being a victim, and no one thought of any of these things, the cost of silence, 15 years of silence. From the White House to your house, silence. silence for 15 years and then in the last three years all of a sudden everybody wants to talk about it and talk is cheap but for some of you it's very expensive because the cost of politics associated with addressing the sale of african-american children and i know that the Pipeline consists of more than African-American children, but since nobody was been, has been the voice for our children, and even in many regards, the face of human trafficking in America is not even that of a black girl, despite the fact that child sexual exploitation affects 60% of our girls who are on the street and 60% of the girls that are arrested in America for juvenile prostitution are African-American. But we're not the face institution in America, and I question why. And I question what role racism, sexism, and being just outright misogynist have to do 
because people didn't always know it. Black women are just sexual beings. And these are conversations we don't want to have. But how then do you tackle or address victimization, sexual exploitation, and trafficking without addressing the core issues of silence, the course of politics, now funding opportunities? Nonprofit is a multi-billion dollar industry in the United States where billions of dollars are allocated to give to companies and organizations and individuals who say that they're going to provide programs and services to meet the needs of a group, an individual, a specific cause. Human trafficking is now part of that funding opportunity agenda where instead of actually being proactive and on the front line and providing programs and services and safe houses instead of jail houses, we would rather spend millions of dollars paying salaries and administrative fees so that people could give us white paper research to tell us what? To tell us what after legislation has already been passed? To tell us what, that girls are victims? To tell us what, that the people are not in the fields? To tell us what, that human trafficking is not limited to prostitution but child labor? To tell us what? To tell us things that we already know but nothing that we need to hear to truly bring about change. The state of Georgia has 159 counties. I'm wondering where the other safe houses. New York, five boroughs deep in New York City. Where are your safe houses? I've heard advocates who receive millions of dollars between seven different organizations. And I said, well, Sherry, we think the jail is a better. They're safer. No, girls, again, because the privatization of the prison industrial complex, you've got to make room. You've got to have those beds filled. The Pennsylvania case, while it focused on young white kids, the fact of the matter is the majority of children in America that are incarcerated are African-American, children of color. And so the beds that are being bought and paid for with nonprofit monies being silent but are otherwise being paid for through the government and through taxpayers, where the government is actually contracted with the private sector for the building of jails and to make sure that those beds are actually not vacant and that they're utilized, who suffers most from that than our children? It's like a vicious cycle. The pimps make money. The pornography industry makes money. Nonprofits make money to do what? To give us white paper and research? To tell us what we already know? When you have 10 organizations who profess that they're on the front line for human trafficking and every single one of them are saying the same thing, that's of interest and concern to me. I've never had social media. I just started a Twitter account. And I'm amazed at the number of organizations who are, quote, unquote, dedicated to human trafficking. Why? Because it's money to be made. You don't ever have to work toward change or resolution. You just talk about it. Why tell Craigslist to shut down a certain section of their advertisement? Why not tell anything to Backpage? Why is the government purporting that we need them because we want them to cooperate? We don't say that to any other industry. 
We don't tell drug dealers we're going to keep you on the corners. Parade with us. We don't tell any other individuals engaged in illegalities we're going to allow you to stay in business because you're cooperating with us. But yet it comes to human trafficking and prostitution and solicitation of our children, and you can tell this organization to stay in business because they're cooperating? You didn't tell Sick Rose to stay in business because they were cooperating? You shut them down, and you gave him life imprisonment. But you let back pages stay open? You let these pawn websites that promote pornography, that use juveniles, and I've given the United States Department of Justice several websites, they get to stay in business because they're what, cooperating? So let me understand this correctly. What happens when you miss the girl who slips through an ad that their organization doesn't know exists? What happens when the criminals are smarter than you and they know how to circumvent what they know that you're looking for? What happens when the specific advertisement that you think you know exists or is being utilized to promote or solicit is no longer the trend and they've already moved on to something else? So that while you're looking under casting, looking under movie director, they may be advertised under an entire different subheading. That while you're looking for actresses for videos, they're now under executive producers and script writers. Shut the whole website down because you're looking in all the wrong places if you're looking at all and you're missing it. What happens when they're using photos of adults? But when you get to the Hyatt Hotel or the Marriott Hotel or the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, there are young girls in the room. And I respectfully say to the elitist that most of these criminals right now, when it comes to this multibillion-dollar industry called human trafficking, they are 20 steps ahead of you. They know what you're looking for. And it could very well be because some of your people are telling them that. We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry, as we conclude this episode entitled Funding Opportunities, African-American Children for Sale, The Paper Chase concerning child sexual exploitation and its reform. At the break, I said, what happens when they're smarter than you? Because maybe some of you are telling them what they need to know to prevent themselves from having a police citizen encounter. So that while you're looking for these young girls to be at truck stops and in Motel 6s and Ramada Inns and other two- and three-star hotels or less, These girls are in five-star hotels or in somebody's mansion or at house parties and gatherings. You're looking in all the wrong places. And the one website that is being utilized, you allow it to remain open. And then there are websites that you're not even thinking or understanding exist. And yet, all the while, these nonprofits are sitting back, somehow we're on the front line doing what? 
What safe houses? What girls have you recovered off the street? What real advocacy are you doing pertaining to these girls being arrested? Surely I go to a symposium for human trafficking two weeks ago, and they said, well, Jefferson, we didn't even think about that. You know what? And we didn't even think about the grandfathering clause that you're talking about. Really? And how long have you girls been getting funding? African-American juvenile justice doesn't receive any public, private, federal, or state funding. I do this on my own dime and on my own time. The law mobile, we've asked for companies to assist us with providing us with RVs or mobile device so that we can go into communities and provide the mobile service, but we don't want it for free. We want to work for hours. So we're not going to ask you just give us anything. But African American Juvenile Justice Project, we've never solicited any assistance. The Lawmobile has said, do you want to partner with us so that we're able to go and provide the mobile services so that we have an RV that we can use that will enable us to do it? Why? Because I expend every penny that I have for a hotel, for, for meals, for restroom breaks, everything that an RV would really assist with being able to go into these communities, provide the legal services, or do the workshops because we don't do legal representation through the lawmobile, but to, to conduct the programs and the seminars on expungement and to provide in, individuals information about restrictions and other services that are available, to give them information about where they can go to get tested for HIV, AIDS, and STDs, to talk to even some of the pimps who will tell me, Sherry, I know you're angry, but the fact of the matter is I can hustle on the streets, but for what I could get off one girl and one night, that one bag, that drugs, those pills, those mollies, they're gone. And at some point you have that conversation. They're under 18. Turn them over. And at some point they have to make a decision. If you're 18 and over and that's the lifestyle that you're now in, and you are not a victim, I get that. But as far as I'm concerned, every child 18 and under is a victim, and they should never be arrested. And that is not a safe place. Safe houses, not jail houses. And now we have trafficking courts coming up in Ohio and New Orleans and in Compton and California. Why? Why do we want human trafficking courts? So that someone else can make money off of the plight of Latino and black girls for California, majority of their girls, right? And in Florida, why? Why do you need human trafficking courts? Because to have the court says that you're now going to continue criminalizing their behaviors, then bringing them through as delinquents, and then making assessments? Oh, but there's grant funding to start human trafficking courts. The devil is a liar. You don't need a human trafficking court. From the minute the police encounter those girls, they are to treat them the same way they would if they had to pick a child up who was being abused in her home or at school. And they're to take them to a safe house. And then we ought to have where not just 18 out of 50 states have harbor laws, but every state. And those who choose not to, then they lose federal funding, either for health care, their police departments, education, Wherever the government can come in and say, you don't want to do this, then fine. Lyndon B. Johnson would have done it that way. That's how he got a lot of votes passed. 
he knew what to say and when to say it and to whom to say it to. And Lyndon B. Johnson got a lot done that way. And we need to have that same mentality, that same spunk, that same fire. So y'all don't want to enact safe harbor laws? No problem. How much did y'all say y'all need for this program? How much does the state need for this? I'm just so shocked that I live to see a black president, a black man in the White House, and we still have slavery in America. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry. I pray that every one of you who are recipients of federal, state, public, or private funding, and every one of you that have alleged that you're utilizing it for human trafficking, that you get on the front line and you do something more than produce research and white paper. We don't need any more white paper to tell us about three topics that America has well versed in, prostitution, child labor, and noun, fraud. 